Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. I got a good word for you today. Uh, as I said, I had a, I, she already had other scriptures, but God changed me. Actually, your praise and worship team uh, moved in my, in my heart of how I want to minister to you today. Go with me on this. How many of you here can, can pretend you can imagine? Imagine this, you're a slave. You've been a slave your whole life. You're a slave because your mom and dad are both slaves. Your uncles and aunts, all of them, slaves. Every cousin you have, slaves. Every friend you have, slaves. In fact, everyone you know, you tell me what are they. What is every person in every picture on your iPhone? It's all you've ever known is slavery. In fact, this isn't anything new. This didn't just start with your parents. This has been going on for generations. In fact, 400 years. There's been 400 years of slavery, not only in your family, but everyone who's like you. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? The children of Israel. Incredibly, God's people, the ones he loves, slaves and not just for a while not just for a season you tell me how long have they been slaves 400 years how did this happen well how many of you know god will never bless disobedience not even for you you're not the golden child Ding. no not even for his chosen their disobedience landed them in slavery. They're slaves in Egypt. And Pharaoh is a taskmaster. He's making them build. He's making them work. And what are they getting paid to do it? Nothing. Slaves. And in the midst of this terrible circumstance, God raises up a man, Moses. He says, Moses, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh. Did Moses want to go? No. Why? Well, there's a number of reasons, but part of it is he didn't think he could. How many of you know God rarely chooses the most talented and intelligent people? Who does God tend to choose? If he has somebody who says, I don't think I can do that, God's like, I can work with that. Because in your weakness, my strength's made perfect. And so he raises Moses, he says, you can take your brother Aaron with you and go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh was like, who says? God? Who's God? I don't know God. You want me to let him go just because this God says so, because I am says so? Did Pharaoh want to let him go? Why? Yeah, they're doing all the weed eating. They're doing all the laundry and all the ironing. He don't want to let that go. He says no. And so, I'm fast forwarding here, through a remarkable series of events that Hollywood couldn't produce today, plagues fell upon Egypt. Unbelievable plague, but Pharaoh hung tough. He wouldn't let the people go until the final plague. And the final plague, the firstborn of every living thing in Egypt died, including Pharaoh's son. And when his son died, he had an epiphany. It was sort of a Kodak moment. Just get out. Just go. Get out and go. Now, God had told the Israelites, I have a plan and it's more than just to get you out. Everybody look at me. We sang today about being free. 
We sang today about wanting the whole deal. Here's the thing. God didn't want to just get you out of the pit as I had that you might have run your life into. God didn't just want to get you out of the hardship, the difficulty, and the heartbreak you found yourself in. God always has more. Say it more. God said, I'm not going to just get you out. I'm going to get you in. How many of you know you can't go in until you come out? What did he get them out of? He said, I'm going to get you out of slavery. What am I going to get you into? The promised land. Let me all say promised land. Now, here's how he described it. He said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Let me hear y'all say milk and honey. Let me hear this whole section say milk and honey. Let me hear y'all. How about those two sections? How about just the sound booth? Very impressive. Delighted to have y'all with us this morning. Everybody in the room say it. I don't even know what that means, but I like it. Milk and honey. Let me hear y'all say milk and honey, baby. God said, I'm taking you to a land of milk and honey. And he elaborated. He said, you're going to go to a place where you'll be able to drink from a well you didn't have to dig. Anybody here on well water? You are? How deep's your well? You don't know. And you know why you don't know? Well, you didn't dig it. (laughs) He said, I don't need to know. Well, that's true, but you didn't dig it. Who else is here is on well water? How deep's your well? Why? You didn't dig it. Aren't you glad you didn't have to dig out? Because sometimes they got to go two, three hundred foot. Can you imagine if you were out there digging? Any of you married men, you're out there digging, your wife says, how far have you got, baby? Nine foot. Okay, stay at it. I'll bring you a sandwich. I mean, if you've ever dug for anything, you know, this is significant. You got to have water. It's the wellspring of life. But they're drinking from a well they didn't have to dig. Let me hear you say it, Andy. That's good. He said, you're not going to drink from a well that you didn't have to dig. You're going to eat from a vineyard you didn't have to plant. And you're going to live in a 5,000-square-foot home you didn't have to build or pay for. Come on, y'all. Let me hear y'all say it. That's good. Say it. Milk and honey, baby. We're going to milk and honey, baby. But God said, before you can get in, I got to get you out. And so that tenth plague fell. The firstborn of every living thing in Egypt dies. Pharaoh says, just go. And I asked a lot of you have been around church for a while, as I have been. How many of you have ever heard this? I came in blessed, and I'm going out blessed. How many of y'all have ever heard that? Raise your hand. Y'all just did. Let me y'all say it. I came out blessed. And I'm going in blessed. You ever wonder where that come from? This story. Because you see, they had been slaves, you tell me, how long? They're slaves 400 years when God says, I'm going to get you out. But how many of you know, if all he had said was, I'm getting you out of slavery, that would have been something to party about. Let me hear y'all say party. Y'all acting like that's the first time you've said that. Let me hear y'all say it like he used to on three. One, two, three. If all he did was get you out of slavery, that's something to party about. But that isn't all he did. God said, I'm going to get you out, and when you come out, you're going to come out blessed. And the Bible said, God so turned Pharaoh's heart and all the Egyptians with him that when the Israelites left Egypt, they plundered. 
What does it mean to plunder? Not everything. Take everything of valuable. The best stuff. How many of you know if there's some places you went and you're going to take everything, there'd be some stuff you're like, don't touch that, baby. You don't know where that's been. <laughs> you ain't taking it all. Just the good. Let me all say the good stuff. Well, what was the good stuff? Well, here's what the Bible says. When they left, they left with all the gold and silver. Ladies, tell me, is that the good stuff? Let me hear you, girls. Speak up for yourself. You know that's the good stuff. They took all the gold and silver and the finest raiment. What's raiment? Clothes. Lady, is that good stuff? So they took all the gold and silver and all the finest raiment. So imagine this, ladies. You've been a slave how long? Yeah, your whole life, 400 years. All of a sudden, you go to your slave mistress. She's the one who's ordered your day for every day, 365 days, 24-7. If she don't say it, you don't do it. And all of a sudden, you go to her and you say, did you hear? We're leaving. Yeah, yeah, we're leaving. Oh, but before I go, uh, you know that Versace gown that your husband got? I've always thought you look stunning at it. Frankly, I think I'd look better. And so I'm going to take it. Oh, and the earrings your husband got you for your 30th anniversary, plink, plink, I'll take those too. And incredibly, the mistress said, all right, that was for you, Pastor. And so when they left, they took all the gold and all the silver and they took the finest raiment. And she goes back and says, oh, and before I go, uh, you know the Armani suit that your husband has? The one with the shoes that are dyed to match? My hubby said he'd like that. When they left, they not only came out of slavery, they came out looking good. When I was in high school, we used to say styling. I see y'all said it too. Say it, styling and profiling. Billy Gibbons said, I'm nationwide. Let me hear y'all say, I'm nationwide. The rest of y'all Googling, who's Billy Gibbons? Say it, everybody say, nationwide. When they came out, they came out blessed. And where were they headed? No, milk and honey, baby. Let's try that again, church. When they came out, they were looking good. And where were they headed, church? Y'all forgot baby. Come on now, you're out of the will of God if you don't say baby. They came out looking good, church, and where were they headed? Milk and honey, baby. They're headed to milk and honey. And how many of you know it wasn't but a few steps out of Egypt, across the Jordan River, you in the promised land. But what did they start doing almost immediately out of Egypt? Whining. That's right. Whining. How many of you here know somebody that whines? I mean, clearly it's none of you. But how many of you know somebody who whines? Oh, how much longer do we have to? I'm hungry. When are we going to eat? Not again. And why were they whining? Typically what precedes whining is wondering. Why are we out here? Did God bring us out of, out of Egypt just to die in the desert? I mean, we may have had to make bricks without straw, but at least we had something to eat. And now my baby's going to die. And the birds are going to peck his eyes out. That's what they said. And they started griping and grumbling and wanted to stone Moses. 
And Mom was like, this wasn't even my idea. And so they came out, but there was only two who actually made it in. You see, God had told them it was a land of milk and honey, but they had a hard time envisioning that. If you've got 400 years of a mindset of slavery, look at me. If you've known a lifetime of lack, depression, doubt, fear, it can be hard to put on a mindset, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and never beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. But that is exactly what you can do when you ask Jesus in your heart. Because you see, what God will do is tear down the mental strongholds that have been your slave. Everybody put your hand on your hip. I was going to say get a sassy look, but you ladies... You went straight there. You've done this before. I have the sense. This is not your first time. Put your hands on your hip, everybody. Everybody. Let me hear y'all say, I've changed my mind. That's what God wants you to do. In order to come out of slavery and to walk in the freedom God has for you, to come out of bondage and to walk into a day where you say, I got days of heaven on earth, you're going to have to change your mind. Now, you see, God changes your heart. He changes the parts you can't. But God doesn't change your mind. Is that in the Bible? Let me hear y'all say, is that in the Bible? Come on, say it like your brother-in-law would. Where is that in the Bible? Romans 12, 2. God said, and don't conform to the patterns of the women on the view. How many of you know they're the world? Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be ye what? By the what? Put your hand on your hip. You tell me. I've changed my mind. That's what God wants you to do. You cannot walk in the blessings of God until you let go of your curse. You can't walk in liberty until you let go of bondage. You can't walk in joy until you give up being a victim. Everybody's got a victim story. We've all been hurt. But if you've met Jesus, it doesn't mean you weren't abused. It doesn't mean you weren't raped. It doesn't mean that somebody did you wrong, that your husband didn't divorce you or mistreat you. Here's what it does mean. You're no longer bondage to that. You don't have to be a victim anymore. Say it, I'm not a victim. Say, I've been victimized, but I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Let me tell you something, church. Every one of you in this room today are one of the two. You're either a victim or a victor. Everybody in this room, you're one or the other. I don't know you, don't know your story. I know that about you. You're either living as a victim or a victor. Let me tell you what you'll never be. Both. You're one or the other. You either have the mindset of a victim, what's going to tear up now? We're going under, every car I get breaks down. I don't know why I'm going over this interview. They're not going to hire me. Well, that figures. We're going under. Come on, y'all. Put your hand on your hip. Tell me. 
now I know why the Lord had me bring. That's one of the CDs I brought. It's literally entitled, I've Changed My Mind. God wants you to change your mind. How do you do that? By the washing of the Word. How many of you read your Bible? Well, yeah, I read it the other day. I really enjoyed it. I'm reading John Grisham right now. I mean, you don't read it once and you've got it. I've been reading this thing 45 years and there's still stuff I read and go, what? Man, you got to read it and meditate on it. Amen? So he said, I'm going to get you out. And you're going to come out blessed. I'm taking you to a land of milk and honey. A land of blessing. But they couldn't get it. They couldn't see it. Their mindset was so fixed. He said, all right, look. Choose 12 men. Why 12? 12 tribes. A representative from each tribe. He said, send the 12 in. Let them go in and look at this land of promise. Let them go in and they'll come back and they'll confirm what I've told you. But how many of you know choosing the 12 went from something God said to do and long before it had become a committee? Now, how many of y'all know what a committee is? If you've been around church, you know that's organized unbelief. Because the 12 went in, and what was their job? Just look. And here's what the Lord said. He said, I want you to evaluate the land. Anybody here in real estate? You're in real estate? What are the three most important words in any real estate transaction? Location, location, location. You did good, brother. You did good. But how many of you know in biblical times, they didn't evaluate land by its curb appeal, by the school district it was in? No. How did they evaluate the land? Look at me. By the fruit it produced. Look at me. They evaluated the land the same way God evaluates everything he creates. By the fruit it produces. The accurate way to determine something is by the fruit it produces. How many of you know the real you is not the you on your Facebook page? It's not the you on your business card or your website. No, the real you is when we look at the fruit your life has produced. Wave your hand and say, I know that's right. So God told him, go in and bring me back some fruit from the promised land. What fruit did they go bring back? Grapes. What grocery store do y'all have up here? Food line? How many of y'all been to food line and bought a, a, a cluster of grapes? How do you pick up a cluster of grapes? Show me. Reach out there. How do you get it? Uh-huh. You know why? Because you got an opposable thumb, brother. Everybody show me your opposable thumb and your first finger like this. Show, sir, where's yours? Excellent. All right. Everybody reach out there and get your cluster of grapes. Go head on. Get it. Right. So you just reach out and get it. Is that how they brought back the cluster of grapes from the land of promise? No. If you've read the book, you know the story. The cluster of grapes was so large that when they came back, they had to put it on a stick across the shoulder of two men. Like they're bringing a deer back to camp. And when the 12 came back with this cluster of grapes and they walked into the camp, all the Israelites went, Shazam! That's in the new redneck translation. Perhaps you're familiar to be coming out soon. Everybody say it, Shazam! 
Golly! Would you look at those grapes? They look at the grapes and were huge, massive grapes. Those came from the promised land. The committee said, yes, they're huge. How many of you know if that's all they'd have done, they'd have been blessed because they were in agreement with God? But how many of you know they talk too much? How many of you here have ever been guilty of that? Uh-huh. How many of y'all here have ever been told your mouth is a problem? How many of you here didn't have to be told you knew it going in? In fact, how many of you here told everybody, full disclosure, my mouth could be a problem? In fact, their mouths were a problem because there's a principle here that's at work that if you don't guard your mouth, the same thing can happen to you, and that is, Their mouth robbed them of their destiny. God had said, I'm going to get you out of slavery. And where was he taking them? You did good. Taking them to milk and honey. All they had to do was agree with God and party. Because he said, I've already done the work. Just praise me. Party. But they weren't anything out of Egypt, and they started whining and complaining. They started grumbling and griping. And in fact, 10 of the 12... And they're the ones who brought the grapes back. They saw the promise and they came back and they said, well, the grapes are big. But we feel compelled to tell you there are men over there who eat them. They roughly correspond in size. In short, they're huge. Their exact words, they said, they're so big, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And for this reason, we've done a feasibility study Bring in the pie charts and graphs. Let it show us you this uh, presentation. Did God need pie charts and graphs? No. Why? Because he'd already said, I got the promise saying for you. All you got to do is believe me for it. Just walk where I tell you to walk. Do what I tell you to do. But now they've got an alternative plan. And God said, fine. For every day that you wondered, you'll spend a year. There was, in fact, only two of those 12. Who were they? Joshua and Caleb. The only two who said their exact words, our God is well able, let us go in and possess the land. Let me hear everybody here say in this section, my God is able, I will possess the land. Let me hear y'all. Let me hear y'all. Okay, sound booth. Y'all need to elect Kyle King back there because he's pulling up the, the, the slack the rest of y'all are dragging back there. Everybody in the room say it. My God is able. That's all they had to do was agree with God. Guard your mouth. King David said, put a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Was he trying to guard wheat gluten from going in? Don't you marvel how many people are eating wheat gluten? That's pure cane sugar you're putting in your mouth. That's poison. You know what? If people in America today was concerned about what comes out of their mouth as what goes in, we'd live in a different country. You'd live in a different family. You'd have a different household. Hey, can I be bold? You'd have a different marriage. You'd have different kids. 
Because you see, God created the world with his mouth. You create yours with yours. Wave your hand and say, I know that's right. Say, I create the world I live in with my mouth. So there was only two, Caleb and Joshua, who agreed with God, our God is well able, let us go in and possess the land. And so it was those two who actually led them over the Jordan River into the promised land, into the land of milk and honey. But how many of you know when they got there, there were still giants there. The men who ate the grapes, they're still there. And not just that, the most fortified city on the planet, Jericho, with impenetrable walls, it's there. In fact, that's roughly the first thing they come to. Did the Israelites say, let's form a war college? Let's go to VMI. Little Virginia humor there. I'm, thank you, I'll be here all day. Thank you. Is that what they did? No. Here's what God said. God said, go to that city and march around it once a day for six days. On the seventh day, march seven times. And then, party. Let me hear y'all say it. Party. Party. Everybody over there say it. That, that was weak, wasn't it? It was. Can we agree that was weak? Show them how it's done again. Party. All right. On three, let me hear y'all. One, two, three. Party. Excellent. Is that what God said? It's exactly what he said. March around the city seven times and shout with a voice of triumph. And when they did that, the walls fell. Some Bible scholars believe that when the walls imploded, they formed perfect ramps for the Israelites to go into the city. And these were walls that were so wide, you could ride a chariot with horses around the top of them. We're talking big time walls. And it collapsed. And the people took the city. But over time, Caleb and Joshua both died. How many of you know if you live long enough, eventually you'll die? That in the Bible, exactly what it says. So let me ask you, what's up with Caleb and Joshua? Answer I'm looking for, they dead. Let me ask you, church, what's up with Caleb and Joshua? Y'all can do better over here. In fact, y'all just be on pause a minute. I want to work with these two sections here. What's up with Caleb and Joshua over here? Very good. Both of them? Your answer, both of them. No, no, not both of them. Both of them. What's up with Caleb and Joshua? Both of them? No, it's both of them. So you're trying to be too proper. B-O-F-U-M, both of them. Baby, you want chocolate cake or cobbler? Both of them. Let me ask you again, church, what's up with Caleb and Joshua? Both of them? Did it, but I'm going to let you slide. Watch this. They'll get it right. What's up with Caleb and Joshua, y'all? Both of them? Both of them. So the people are like, what are we going to do now? These are the only two who have ever actually done what God said to do, and now they're both dead. What are we going to do? Judges chapter 1. Leslie. Judges chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. If you have your Bible, turn there. Judges chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is to go up and fight against the Canaanites? 
Because those are the only two guys that have ever really done that for And now what's up with both of them? And so they ask God, how many of you have ever been so desperate you ask God? And so they said, God, who, who's going to fight for us? Look at the Lord's response, verse 2. And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up, for I have given the land into their hands. Now, how many of you understand God's all about his word? He said, heaven and earth will pass away, my word will remain. Honor my word above my name. God is over the top about his words. And how many of you know he's over the top about yours? Is that in the Bible? Say it, is that in the Bible? Scripture says, Jesus said, you'll give an account for every word you've spoken. Brother, that's one of them things I read to this day, and I go, that's a bit obsessive, isn't it? Every word? I I actually asked the Lord one time, I said, why are you so over the top that I got to give an account for every, why are you holding my feet to the fire about anything I've ever said? You know what the Lord said to me? He said, because you're created in my image. And he said, I hold you accountable for every word because I hold myself accountable for any word I speak. So when we look, when we read right here what God said, understand every word is critical. Not just the words, I believe the punctuation of it. Look again how God responded. The Israelites asked, now that Caleb and Joshua are both dead, who's going to go in and fight? Who do you want us to send in to fight the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up. For I have given the land into their hands. Anybody here good at diagramming sentences? Okay, then y'all all all feel my pain. Because I can remember in school when the teacher would say, Kim, come to the board and diagram this sentence. And I remember thinking, I could. But allow me to make a counteroffer. What if, what if, what if I took this screwdriver and ram it in my eye? I'm just saying, I'm prepared to do either. Such was my hatred of diagramming a sentence. But even I know, when you look here, it says in quotes, God answered, Judah shall go up. And what do you see after the word up? A semicolon. Who here knows what does a semicolon mean? It means I've stopped but I'm not done. Is this your wife, brother? I I didn't want to call that, but it's not as though it were. So this is your wife. Uh, Do you ever walk off when she's in the middle of talking? He's talking big because y'all are here. How about over here? Is this your wife? Yeah, you don't, that's right, not on purpose. That's the right answer. Not, honey, I didn't mean to. Either that or here's one that's worked for me for years. What? What? There have been times I started to talk or to walk off. My wife said, Kim, I'm not done. I said, well, you stopped. No, you'll know when I'm done. (laughs) I'm sorry. She looked at you and I I got the whole deal there. That was was nonverbal communication, brother. 
to the nth degree, she patted him on the leg twice and went. And you know what he did? What every man does at a time like that. Just don't make eye contact. Just don't look at her. Look straight ahead. Many times that's the only, the only defense we have. Just don't make eye contact. So look what God says here. He says, Judah shall go up. Pause. For I have given the land of their hand. Now let's look. Why Judah? He's got 12 tribes to choose from. He chooses the tribe of Judah. Why? Somebody back there said it. Praise. Ma'am, you get 500 points for the bonus round. You didn't even know there was a bonus round, did you? Well, you got 500 points. Praise. The name Judah means praise. So get this. The people said, Caleb and Joshua, what's up with them? Both of them. And some people say, who's going to leave? We don't know. We've never been here before. What do we do at a time like this? God says, send in the praisers because I've already done the work. This was never really about you. This never required anything of you but obedience and praise. And the fact is today, wherever you are in your life, whatever you left when you left home today, whatever circumstance you'll face when you go back, it can change if you understand God's already done the work you're seeking. What do you and I have to do? Party. Party. You see, beloved, he sent them in first. That's why we start service with praise. That is why what you people do is so critical to this body. You are the Judas. You are the praises. But how many of you know, every one of you here, even if you can't sing, you're a praiser. My advice to you, if you can't sing, hang out with somebody who can. And then lip sync. Makes you look good. How many of you have noticed if you hang out with people who look better than you do, you look good? How many of y'all have noticed that? You hang out with people that can sing, even if you can't, people think you can. Be a praiser. Let me hear everybody say, I have something to praise him for. I have something to give thanks for. I have a promised land. Milk and honey, baby. My front row people, what are your names? Rosemary and David. If I asked you where are you headed, answer I'm looking for. Milk and honey, baby. Wait till I ask. Rosemary, where are y'all headed? How do you know you're going to get there? Answer I'm looking for because he's already done the work. Amen. Brother, where are the two of you headed? That time he looked at her. How do you know you're going to get there? Amen. I like how I'm looking around the room and all of a sudden some of y'all are going, beautiful carpet in here. I I never noticed how, to, oh, in the ceiling, oh. Is this your wife, brother? Where are y'all headed? How you know you're going to get there? So what do you have to do? Praise. Church, where are y'all headed? How you know you're going to get there? 
praise him. Here's what I want us to do. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand if we're going to do it. When they marched that seventh time around Jericho, they shouted with a voice of triumph. Now, here's what I want you to visualize. Every one of you in this room have faced walls in your life. Many of you feel like this has been, one, my life has been one train wreck after the next. But I want you to get this down in your heart. Praise is what will get you in. Praise, because God's already done the work. So I want you to visualize right now, whatever mountain, whatever wall, whatever city has limited you and kept you from the full blessings you desire from God. And I want you to get this down in your spirit, that if all you do is shout with a voice of triumph, fall or fall. I'm going to think about that. And then on three, I want to hear Legacy Church shout with a voice of triumph. One, two, three. About a third of what you can do. You know it and I know it. Listen, oh, thank you. Stand up. On three, church, legacy church, I want you to shout with a voice of triumph, the walls in your life coming down in Jesus' name. And all you had to do was thank him for it because he's the one who did the work. On three, one, two, three. Let's do it again and double that. One, two, three. Yeah! Glory to God. Glory to God. How many of you know if that's how he rolled then? That's how he rolls now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do I have to do for things to work out in my life? Praise him. Thank him. Thank him that you're not having to do it, that he's already done the work. He's already given that city into your hands. Amen? Do it again on three. One, two, three. Yeah! Go rain! Some of y'all been looking at me like I'm crazy all day. Now I'm looking at you that way. I had a whole different message planned today. But from the time this praise and worship scene started, and with every theme of every song we sang, I realized this is where God's at today. He's wanting to remind Legacy Church and his people he's already done the work. He has the land of milk and honey for each of you. You'll eat from a vineyard you didn't plant. You'll drink from a well you didn't dig. You'll walk in blessings that have nothing to do with you, but everything to do with him. And all you have to do is praise him for it. When you come in here Wednesday night, when you come in here next Sunday morning, don't stand there for a half hour like you're trying to wake up. You enter in. This is your opportunity to praise him. This is your opportunity to make sure the trees aren't clapping their hands in your place, that the rocks aren't crying out in your place. Amen? Because if you don't, they will. I want you to say as you're standing, bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for these precious people. Father, I thank you they're here today because they're hungry for more of you. They want to know your ways better. They want to know you better. They want to know your voice better. As we sang over and over and over, Father, anything else they don't care about. Take it all away. But they want the full dose. They want your blessings, oh God. They want your providence. They want your favor. 
They want your joy. They want your healing. They want your prosperity. They want your peace. They want it all. And Father, we praise you today because you give it all. For the Lord is a sun and shield. He withholds nothing good from those whose walk is blameless. And so it is that you've been made blameless through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can come boldly, Hebrews says, to his throne of grace because you can know that you know he's made you. Father, today we honor you. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus in your heart, oh, you've gone to church for years, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, if there hasn't been a time that you know that you know you said, my life is broken and I admit it. I can't fix it myself. I need a Savior. I need someone to come into my heart and change me from the inside out. If you've never made that confession, if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, that's the Spirit of God speaking to your heart. Right? And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come to the front. But if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus in your heart, if you're tired of depression and loneliness, resentment and heartbreak, unforgiveness and bitterness ruling you, and you're ready to have the peace and joy we've been talking about this morning, here's the cool deal. There's no lines to stand in, no forms to fill out. The Apostle Paul said, all you have to do is believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth and it'll be yours. If you're here today and you're ready to ask Jesus in your heart, just where you're standing, I want you to do something simple. Because I just want to pray with you. If that's you, just raise your hand where I can see it. Do it right. Just raise it high enough where I can see it. And I just want to pray with you. I'm only going to wait a minute because you know if you're born again or not. If you're not, this is your intersection. This is where your life can change. I'm going to press in and ask once more. The night I got saved, the man had to ask three times before I responded. I'm so glad he wasn't in a hurry. If you're here today and you're ready to live and not die, to know joy in place of depression, you're ready to sign up to ask Jesus in your heart, I want you to just raise your hand. Do it right now where I can see That tells me every one of you here with a perfect audience, I see you. You can put it down. I'm going to wait a moment longer. There may be somebody else. Raise your hand where I can see it. Is there anybody else? The Bible says when just one says yes, every angel in heaven rejoice. Everybody pray this prayer out loud right now. Father, I thank you for loving me, for sending Jesus to die so I could live. For resurrecting him so I could have eternal life. I believe that in my heart, that my sins are now forgiven and I have eternal life through the blood of Jesus, which has set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.